Hello, Shanks. The night has begun, and now we're going to start with chapter thirty-eight to see what happens that night. The night the doors don't close. Let's start with it then. Most of them slept outside in normal times, so packing all those bodies into the homestead made for a tight fit. The keepers had organized and distributed the gladers throughout the rooms, along with blankets and pillows. Despite the number of people and the chaos of such a change, a disturbing silence hung over the activities, as if no one wanted to draw attention to themselves. When everyone was settled, Thomas found himself upstairs with Newt, Albie, and Minhoe, and they were finally able to finish their discussion from earlier in the courtyard. Albie and Newt sat on the only bed in the room, while Thomas and Minhoe sat next to them in chairs. The only other furniture was a crooked. Wooden dresser and a small table on top of which rested a lamp providing what light they had. The grey darkness seemed to press on the window from outside with promises of bad things to come. Closest I've come so far, Newt was saying, to hang in it all up, shuck it all, and kiss a griever good night. Supplies cut, bloody grey skies, walls not closing, but we can't give up, and we all know it. The buggers who sent us here either want us dead. Or they are giving us a spur. This or that. We got to work our arses off till we are dead or not dead. Thomas nodded, but didn't say anything. He agreed completely, but had no concrete ideas on what to do. If he could just make it to tomorrow, maybe he and Teresa could come up with something to help. Thomas glanced over at Albie, who was staring at the floor, seemingly lost in his own gloomy thoughts. His face still wore the long, weary look of depression. His eyes sunken and hollow. The changing had been aptly named, considering what it had done to him. Albie, Newt asked, "Are you gonna pitch in?" Albie looked up, surprise crossing his face as if he hadn't known that anyone else was in the room. "Huh? Oh, yeah, good that. But you've seen what happens at night. Just because Greeny, the freaking superboy, made it, doesn't mean the rest of us can." Thomas rolled his eyes ever so slightly at Minhoe. So tired of Albie's attitude. If Minho felt the same way, he did a good job of hiding it. I'm with Thomas and Newt. We got awkward, boohooing and feeling sorry for ourselves. He rubbed his hands together and sat forward in his chair. Tomorrow morning, first thing, you guys can assign teams to study the maps full time while the runners go out. We'll pack our stuff shuck full so we can stay out there a few days. What? Albie asked, his voice finally showing some emotion. What do you mean days? I mean days. With open doors and no sunset, there's no point in coming back here anyway. Time to stay out there and see if anything opens up when the walls move, if they still move. No way, Albie said. We have the homestead to hide in, and if that ain't work in the map room and the slammer, we can't freaking ask people to go out there and die. Minho, who would volunteer for that? Me, Minho said, and Thomas. Everyone looked at Thomas. He simply nodded, although it scared him to death exploring the maze. Really exploring it was something he had wanted to do from the first time he had learned about it. I will if I have to," Newt said, surprising Thomas. Though he would never talk about it, the older boy's limp was a constant reminder that something horrible had happened to him out in the maze. And I'm sure all the runners will do it. With your bum leg, Albie asked, a harsh laugh escaping his lips. Newt frowned, looked at the ground. Well. I don't feel good asking gladers to do something if I'm not bloody willing to do it myself. Albie scooted back on the bed and propped his feet up. 
whatever do what you want do what i want newt asked standing up what's wrong with you man are you telling me we have a choice should we just sit around on our butts and wait to be stuffed by the grievers thomas wanted to stand up and cheer sure that albie would finally snap out of his doldrums but their leader didn't look in the least bit reprimanded or remorseful well it sounds better than running to them newt sat back down albie you got to start talking reason as much as he hated it thomas knew they needed albie if they were going to accomplish anything the graders looked up to him albie finally took a deep breath then looked at each of them in turn you guys know i'm all screwed up seriously i'm i'm sorry i shouldn't be the stupid leader anymore thomas held his breath he couldn't believe albie had just said that oh bloody newt started no albie shouted his face showing humility surrender that's not what i meant listen to me i ain't saying we should switch or any of that clunk i'm just saying i think i need to let you guys make the decisions i don't trust myself so yeah i'll do whatever thomas could see that both minho and newt were as surprised as he was uh okay newt said slowly as if he was unsure we'll make it work i promise you'll see yeah i'll be muttered after a long pause he spoke up a hint of all excitement in his voice hey uh, tell you what put me in charge of the maps i'll freaking work every clader to the bone studying those things works for me minho said thomas wanted to agree but didn't know if it was his place i'll be put his feet back on the floor sat up straight up you know it was really stupid for us to sleep in here tonight we should have been out in the map room working Thomas thought that was the smartest answer he had heard Albie say in a long time. Minho stretched, probably right. Well, I'll go, Albie said with a confident nod. Right now. Newt shook his head. Forget that, Albie. Already heard the bloody grievers moaning out there. We can wait till they wake up. Albie leaned forward, elbows on his knees. Hey, you shucks are the ones giving me all the pep talks. Don't start whining when I actually listen. If I'm gonna do this, I gotta do it. be the old me i need something to dive into relief flooded thomas he had grown sick of all the contention albi stood up seriously i need this he moved toward the door of the room as if he really meant to leave you can't be serious you can't go out there now i'm going and that's that albi took his ring of keys from his pocket and rattled them mockingly thomas couldn't believe the sudden bravery see you shucks in the morning and then he walked out It was strange to know that the night grew later that darkness should have swallowed the world around them but to see only the pale gray light outside it made thomas feel off kilter as if the urge to sleep that grew steadily with every passing minute were somehow unnatural time slowed to an agonizing crawl he felt as if the next day might never come the other gladers settled themselves turning in with their pillows and blankets for the impossible task of sleeping no one said much the mood somber and grim all you could hear were quiet shuffles and whispers thomas tried hard to force himself to sleep knowing it would make the time pass faster but after 2 hours he had still had no luck he lay on the floor in one of the upper rooms on top of a thick blanket several other gladers crammed in there with him almost body to body the bed had gone to newt 
Chuck had ended up in another room and for some reason Thomas pictured him huddled in a dark corner crying squeezing his blankets to his chest like a teddy bear the image saddened Thomas so deeply he tried to replace it but no avail almost every person had a flashlight by their side in case of emergency otherwise newt had ordered all lights extinguished despite the pale deathly glow of their new sky no sense attracting any more attention than necessary anything that could be done on such short notice to prepare for a griever attack had been done windows boarded up furniture moved in front of doors knives handed out as weapons but none of that made thomas feel safe the anticipation of what might happen was overpowering a suffocating blanket of misery and fear that began to take on a life of its own he almost wished suckers would just come and get it over with the waiting was unbearable the distant wails of the grievers grew closer as the night stretched on every minute seeming to last longer than the one before it another hour passed then another sleep finally came but in miserable fits thomas guessed it was about 2 in the morning when he turned from his back to his stomach for the millionth time that night he put his hands under his chin and stared at the foot of the bed almost a shadow in the dim light then everything changed A mechanized surge of machinery sounded from outside followed by the familiar rolling clicks of a griever on the stony ground as if someone had scattered a handful of nails Thomas shot to his feet as did most of the others but Newt was up before anyone waving his arms then shushing the room by putting a finger to his lips favoring his bad leg he tiptoed toward the lone window in the room which was covered by three hastily nailed boards Large cracks allowed for plenty of space to peek outside. Carefully, Newt leaned in to take a look, and Thomas crept over to join him. He crouched below Newt against the lowest of the wooden boards, pressing his eye against a crack. It was terrifying being so close to the wall, but all he saw was the open grave. He didn't have enough space to look up or down or to the side, just straight ahead. After a minute or so, he gave up and turned to sit with his back against the wall. Newt walked over and sat back down on the bed. A few minutes passed, various griever sounds penetrating the walls every 10 to 20 seconds. The squeal of small engines followed by a grinding spin of metal. The clicks of spikes against the hard stone. Things snapping and opening and snapping. Thomas winced in fear every time he heard something. It sounded like three or four of them were just outside, at least. He heard the twisted animal machines come closer, so close, waiting on the stone blocks below. All hums and metallic clatter. Thomas's mouth dried up. He had seen them face to face, remembered it all too well. He had to remind himself to breathe. The others in the room were still. No one made a sound. Fear seemed to hover in the air like a blizzard of black snow. One of the grievers sounded like it was moving toward the house. Then the clicking of its spikes against the stone suddenly turned into a deeper, hollower sound. Thomas could picture it all: the creature's metal spikes digging into the wooden sides of the homestead, massive creature rolling its body, climbing up toward their room, defying gravity with its strength. 
Thomas heard the grievers' spikes shred the wood, sliding in their path as they tore out and rotated around to take hold once again. The whole building shuddered. The crunching and groaning and snapping of the wood became the only sounds in the world to Thomas. Horrifying. They grew louder, closer. The other boys had shuffled across the room and as far away from the window as possible. Thomas finally followed suit. Newt right beside him. Everyone huddled against the far wall, staring at the window. Just when it grew unbearable, just as Thomas realized the griever was right outside the window, everything fell silent. Thomas could almost hear his own heart beating. Lights flickered out there, casting odd beams through the cracks between the wooden boards. Then a thin shadow interrupted the light, moving back and forth. Thomas knew that the Griever's probes and weapons had come out, searching for a feast. He imagined beetle blades out there, helping the creatures find their way. A few seconds later, the shadow stopped. The light settled to a standstill, casting three unmoving panes of brightness into the room. The tension in the air was thick. Thomas couldn't hear anyone breathing. He thought much the same must be going on in the other rooms of the homestead. Then he remembered to re-sign the slammer. He was just wishing she would say something to him when the door from the hallway suddenly whipped open. Gasps and shouts exploded throughout the room. The graders had been expecting something from the window. Not from behind them. Thomas turned to see who had opened the door, expecting a frightened Chuck or maybe a reconsidering Albie. But when he saw who stood there, his skull seemed to contract, squeezing his brain in shock. It was Gally. Yep, the one and only Gally. He's back. And what's he gonna do? I I mean, I think he's gonna help the grievers or something. That's why he made such a loud noise to attract the grievers, you know. We'll see what happens next. Only on the Maze on a Podcast. Do be there next Sunday. I'll see you then.